Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Second down and two. Boy, look at him. Big play, field to run for 17. Back he goes. Here comes Chubb. There goes the ball. Touchdown, Mooney. What a play. Jones the block at the left tackle. Time for fields. Now he'll accelerate and get the first down and break tackles. And he's off to the races. Oh, he got a terrific block down there by Mooney. He's in for six. 61-yard touchdown run. He's got him. That's two points. Trayvon Westbrook. Tonga Bailoa. Out of the reach. Terrific job as offensive coordinator. One of the youngest in pro football. Second down and ten. Go outside. Mooney. He broke one tackle. Last 423. Today 25. Third and one. Here comes Fields. Getting a block from Pettis. And 235 of the 290. It's a first and ten. Throw come at. Sledgehammering his way into Howard. And welcome. Oh, guys, it's <laughs> yeah, welcome to another hashtag football Monday of Second City Sports Edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kim McGee on the Twitter and at Kino McGee on the IG. Most highlights of the Bears-Dolphins game yesterday came courtesy of CBS and the NFL. You can download the Sports Hall Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You can catch all the five live shows throughout the week. So if to miss them, you can go and go back and listen to them at your own leisure. Download the Sports Hall Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Hall Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports Hall Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor at W-A-R-R on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And speaking of War Media, you can follow those guys at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. 
We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extermination against we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I'm giving Lakina full power to give you fools to build and be a boot. Bye-bye. I love what she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. Get with the program and celebrate with the squad. Sports Health Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you have a Roku television already, just tap on the sports folder and download Sports Health Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have a bunch of handheld devices laying around. iPad, iTouch, iPhone, Chromebook like I'm using right now. Or like using her personal PC. Just download the Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago do that way. So no more excuses. Get with the program and celebrate with the squad. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. We're available live and on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 300, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, seven days a week at your own leisure. All right. And uh, yeah, so yo, whatever advice you got, yo, check out Sports Zone Chicago on the Roku TV, whatever advice that you have. We got a busy show today, Sid, but we're going to start, mm-hmm. of course, as we usually do. We're going to talk some Bears and NFL. Uh, our buddy, uh, buddy uh, Vernon Farrell, who you guys can catch on What's Up, because uh, tonight, you know, he's already, like, said, well, here comes Jason Palmer, because, you know, if you guys know, Jason Palmer was a big. Um, um, mm-hmm. A big a Dolphins fan, so you know, he's gonna have a lot. I'm sure he's gonna have a lot to say. You know, to make sure you guys tune in tonight to that show. But uh, yes, uh, yes. I mean, look, we we look. We said it was gonna be a high scoring game. I mean, mm-hmm. look, you know, the Bears' uh, defense. You know, of course, you know, they got rid of Roquan. They got rid of uh, Robert Quinn. Of course, you know, there's a reason why the Dolphins, you know, traded uh, second and the third rounder to get Bradley Chubb, and they signed him to an extension. You saw what happened. I mean, like Justin Fields. Let me look it up. Make sure I got it right. But uh. Just a field that they rushed for like 174, Sid. I think I don't 178 I don't know. 178 yards in total. 78, yeah, something like that in total, which is a record for a regular season game. I know that uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, did it. I think, but that was during the playoff game, so that's why I, I think mm-hmm. that, that's what that was. But yeah, look, he had his rushes. You know, he had his throws. He threw like you know three touchdowns, but. I mean, look, we look, we said this on Friday with our girl Christine Manica. It was going to be a high scoring affair, and it was. So, you know, I know people shouldn't really be surprised <laughs> by uh, by the score. <laughs> and also for fantasy football purposes, if you had Tyreek Hill, he had a monster day. If you had Justin Fields, he had a monster day as well. My guy Jalen Waddle, who caught a touchdown pass, who should have had over 100 yards receiving. He had a monster day as well. He's on my fantasy team, so yours surely was happy from that standpoint. But as far as the game was concerned. We all know that the Bears' defense, especially in the, in, in the rush defense, has been bad all year. Of course, now without Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, that defense has been, been exposed some more. This is what G and Ryan Pulse is trying to fit, what we'll have to fix during the offseason. But yesterday you saw outside of Jaquan Brisker and a couple of other guys who made some plays early. Uh, this Bears' defense just doesn't have it. Like you said, like, you know, we talked about it on our last episode. And you saw what the Dolphins did. I'm surprised they didn't rush for more yards than they ended up they um, doing. Yeah, and they should have. They went up the middle, and, and especially early. And in their passing game, and shout-out to our guy Jason Pollard for fins up yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, they they did the thing Stay yesterday on the lane. Jason. Yeah. Check <laughs> <laughs> out that six o'clock. Yeah, but the Dolphins dissected that Bears' 
that bad Bears defense like you're supposed to. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tua Tungvalova didn't have to rush as much. He was mobile, and he used his mobility to his strength. Tyreek Hill, as you said, Lakina, good luck to the Bears secondary tackling him. They didn't do it, and Tyreek Hill got in the end zone as well. So I wasn't surprised uh, about what happened yesterday to the Bears. Was I entertained? Yes. But we we all know that this Bears team still has a long way to go to be competitive. And yesterday uh, uh, showed you that. Is, is the Miami Dolphins that good? Probably not. Are they good enough to get into the playoffs? Sure. But yesterday they took advantage of a bad situation. Remember, the Bears are still – uh, emotionally still reeling over the loss of Ro- losses of Roquan Smith and Robert Crane being traded out of here. And so they still had to uh, get over that, as Eddie Jackson said following the game yesterday. So I, I wasn't surprised as a Bears fan. Of course, you want your team to win, but we, we, real, uh, if, if you're a logical Bears fan, you realize this is a long process. And, yes, it stinks, but this is something you have to do if you want to be uh, become a, a contending team. Yeah, and the thing well, was that, look, I mean, 178 yard rush yards for Justin Fields, that's great. You know, he we know how you know shifty he is and stuff, you know, very fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Tyreek Hill, of all people who's pretty fast himself, complimenting him and Mike McDaniel, you know, he I guess there was a gift, uh, there was a little video, a little clip, you know, that said he'll tell him like stop, stop. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. guess that that, <laughs> that kind of has gone viral. But I mean, look, it, it's nice to see, but I want it like but like I've been saying. He was going to get his uh, his rushing yards and whatever, but I mean, why do you have David Montgomery for then? You you've got you got Khalil Herbert who's pretty decent. Yeah, Cole Clement, you know, he actually had a couple of touchdown catches. You know, yay! You know, hey, hey, hey. Right. I mean, look, we have a tight end, folks. Right. Yeah, you know, and the jet sweeps and and, and whatnot. It actually works. <laughs> okay, great. But again, you know, look, and this is what. Look, this is what the Dolphins do. We've seen the Dolphins that they've given up a lot of points this year, so I think people need to just you know. This was sort of one of those things where I guess you know, their their Dolphins, the Dolphins offense was just a little bit better, and they actually made the the defense actually made the the plays late. Now, I so we saw our buddy uh, Vernon uh, said that they were you know, talking about the refs and stuff. You know, give them a little bit of a, a cap too. But uh, look, there were there were calls on both sides that you know that there because I think uh, what uh, you know Houston Carson I think got away with a, with a tug on Waddle, and there mm-hmm. were actually a couple other other calls as well. So I know. I know folks want to get on the clay pool, uh, you know, that he got hugged and, and he did. It, yeah, but you know, especially but the late in the game, what with uh Iquana say Brown, you gotta catch that ball. Mm-hmm. He feels through right to him, and you know, he just couldn't make the catch. So that wasn't it. But look, I mean, you're not you're not there yet. I think people need to remember that. They're, they're, the Bears just aren't aren't there yet. Yeah, do they got the talent? Sure. I mean, you still need to go on the O line. I want to see Fields do this against your know, top defenses and such, but mm-hmm. I, I just okay. I know folks want to say, "Hey, we finally got a franchise quarterback." I would say, slow down, folks, slow it down. <laughs> you listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live and in living color. Sid Lakina here with you discussing the Bears' thirty-five to thirty-two loss to the Miami Dolphins yesterday on the lakefront. Lakina, before we get into some of the key numbers from yesterday's game. Uh, a couple of key plays that I thought was uh, was a tail t- a tall tale sign of the game yesterday. The block punt by Phillips from Miami. It was recovered. I forgot who it was that scored the touchdown. Uh, that was the key turning point in the game. And also, too, Justin Fields being sacked twice on the Bears' last drive. Mm-hmm. I thought that was key as well. And we could talk about the rest blowing calls all day, which refereeing around the National Football League has, has been terrible yeah, over the last yeah. several years. But with that being said, uh, uh, 
the, the bad calls did not was not what cost the cost the Bears games. The lack of running the ball with consistency, that block punt early mm-hmm. in the game, and them the Bears defense just couldn't stop any couldn't stop anybody on the Dolphins' offense all day long. That's what cost the Bears the game. Well, and, but uh, on the flip them- side, it was nice for the Bears. Uh, uh, to see the Bears score supports. Remember, Lakina, I told you before the season started, the Bears, there's no excuse in the National Football League in 2022 that the Bears cannot average at least 27 points. Last week, they scored 29. Yesterday, they scored 32. Can they keep it going? Especially, like you said, I guess uh, even though they're, they're playing the bad Detroit Lions team, we'll get to them on the other side of this break. But can they keep this up? Now, we see that GM Ryan Poles is starting to put weapons around Justin Fields. Because there's well, no excuse they can average more than uh, 27 points or more. Yeah, but the thing is that now you got more and more tape for defenses to look at. And you actually have a pretty not too bad uh, Lions defense that, you know, I think that's sort of like the thing. I think we'll, we'll get to that once we preview uh, uh, their game against the Lions on Friday. But, look, I mean, it, you know, Melvin Ingram, you know, Sackfield had that big sack that, you know, did them in, you know, the mm-hmm. Bears in, I should say. So that was sort of a key there for them. And and look, I mean, the Dolphins, yes, they're going to give up a lot of points, but they'll make the, the defense will make the plays when they need to. And they did that yesterday near the end of that, you know, that last Bears drive. I mean, that, 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 that Ingram sack, you know, from Fields killed them. So mm-hmm. killed whatever momentum they had. And unfortunately, I think people need to kind of just, you know, look. Okay, yeah, Clement finally got his uh finally got a couple of his uh his uh his uh touchdown passes. I mean they are they finally mm-hmm. used him, sure. But I think the thing is that people need to also remember too is that now people have got tape on you now. They're mm-hmm. now defense now got tape on fields now. They're gonna try to find a way to kind of like try to tackle him and you know sort of stop his momentum and such, and you know, hopefully he doesn't get hurt. That's my main concern with fields at fields at this point of the, of the season. Because you, you know, they, they know because defense are going to start learning that he is going to try to run when necessary. And I don't want to get to a point where, you know, he has to you know, really put on his legs and then he ends up getting hurt because of it. Yeah. Taking a look at some of the numbers from the Bears offense yesterday, Justin Fields, as you mentioned, 17 to 28, 123 yards and three touchdown passes. Uh, with a quarterback rating of 106.7 in the rushing department, Mr. Fields does it again. 15 carries, 178 yards in that 61-yard, uh, one-yard touchdown run uh, early in the game. David Montgomery, 36 yards on 14 carries. That's not going to get it done. Khalil Herbert, seven carries for 23 yards. That's not going to get it done either. In the receiving department, Darnell Mooney uh, finally had a touchdown catch uh, off of seven catches for 43 yards. Chase Claypool made his Bears debut two catches for 13 yards. I would expect his numbers to go up as he gets more acclimated into the offense. I'm talking about Mr. Claypool. So uh, anybody that was upset yesterday, you just got to remember, he just got here almost a week ago tomorrow. So uh, he still has to get acclimated into the offense and, and learn the playbook. He'll be fine in the next couple of weeks. I wouldn't worry about what Chase Claypool did yesterday. Yeah, was it nice to see him out there? Yes, he's another weapon for Justin Fields. Him and Fields are going to start connecting here in the next few weeks. But uh, don't look at yesterday's number and say, oh, it was a wasted trade. Uh, don't do that. Don't fall for that trap. Yeah, it is, look, we still got a ways to go. And I'm sure once he, we'll, we'll probably see that more and more, especially as the season goes on. But again, he's probably going to get targeted a lot. So that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, one more thing before we uh, move on, because yeah, look, we got, there were some great games on the slate uh, yesterday. But I feel like, you know, the deep, I know they got 125. I know the Bears will have 125 million. Everybody said they should need to put a lot, a lot of that, you know, towards the defense. But, you know, here, here's the thing. You, you never know, like, who's going to, like, 
you know, front, you know, front seven and, and such. It hasn't looked good so far. Now you hope that it can get better, but they'll probably be near the tail end of it. So they're probably gonna be like right in the mid, in the mid tier among uh, in all of the leagues. So Jalen Joss has gotten better, but he needs to do more. And you know, Eddie Jackson. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where you just want to, you know, you just don't know what to say. I mean, it looks like he might ha- might finally start to turn it, but. You know, mm-hmm. there was just some he gave he gave us some big plays late. So I think you know the defense still got a lot to work on. Yeah, and also too, uh, another stat that I was going to point out yesterday for the Bears defense: how many sacks did they have? Zero. That's right, folks. A big fat zero. So as as I said before, they had three or more sacks. They usually win, and when they don't, they usually lose. And that's what happened again yesterday. Now I know we're running up against them for the bottom of the hour, but. With Ryan Poles, with those draft picks that he that he has in his pocket coming up um, for the draft coming up for next year, he has a first round or a second round, a bunch of late round picks. You have to get an offensive lineman or two. You need two pass rushers, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and you still need a, a linebacker, a capable linebacker to replace Roquan Smith. I don't think that person is on this currently on this roster right now. So I think Brian Poles will be careful with this throughout this all season. Like like you said, looking they have over 125 or will have over 100. $25 million in cap space, but will they spend all that at once? No. I don't think they only even spend half of it, Lakina, because you have oh, to no. look down the road that Justin Fields, if he performs like this, it gets better, and heaven forbid, I'm using this term loosely, heaven forbid that he improves next year, and perhaps the Bears make it to the playoffs, If you, uh, Justin Fields will be completing his third year next year, you're going to have to start talking about contract extension and and let, and not wait to, for the team to pick up that fifth year, because the, way, uh, the rate of, of pay for starting franchise quarterbacks it goes up every year and so ryan pose i'm sure is thinking about that down the road as well and that's another thing too so again if he keeps improving yet yeah, his price will go up now mm-hmm. i think is that you know next year that's going to be sort of like the key you know it once he does have the weapons and whatnot but the thing is is that mm-hmm. like you said Sid, they're not they're not gonna spend all 125 million and nor know, should they and you know I, I doubt the owners will let him do that so they may they, they may spend like maybe a quarter of that Mm-hmm. At most, to probably get 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 some front seven help, you'll get some linebacker help and such. Maybe get a uh, start to get a little bit, you know, better uh, secondary guys. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But like I said, I mean, that's a long way down the road. Let's try to finish this season first. Hopefully, they can finish it on a high note. Now, you know, we're gonna take a really quick break. You know, we're up against it, but some great games, you know, coming up. You know that 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 took place on Week Nine slate, including a couple of upsets. Thanks a lot, Oakland. They got it and pick you guys this time. Uh, <laughs> are the Bucks back? And the Falcons lose, have a lose opportunity to catch up. And uh, there were a couple other games as well. Only two uh, afternoon games in that slate, so we'll talk more about that. Says guy, says just said he has a problem. He has a problem with that. I'm sure he'll have a. We'll let him have a, uh, his say on that. Also, two studs and does. I will also preview Ravens and Saints Monday Night Football coming up tonight. So, lots to do still. Second season sports on Sports Show Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown. We'll have more coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? 
They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Gotta love that music. <laughs> Welcome back to the Monday edition of Second City Sports Real Live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We got 90 minutes left of this extravagance we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to get as you can always do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Uh, reviewing uh, yesterday's action for the National Football League in Week 9. Let's start off in the Dirty South in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, for those of you scoring at home, where the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, as we call them on this show, they approved their record to 5-3 and three after a 2017 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Justin Herbert, 30-43, 245 yards and a touchdown pass. Ty 
let's see, for the Atlanta Falcons, Mr. Tyler Algier, if I pronounce his name correctly, I had him on my fantasy team as an emergency yesterday, 10 carries for 99 yards. But for the Chargers, Mr. Joshua Palmer, I'm sure no relation to Jason Palmer, a guy here on Sports Zone <laughs> Chicago, had eight catches for 106 big yards. Yeah, it was a crazy game. I can't, I was watching a little bit of this game, keeping an eye on this game via this laptop here. And there was actually a play that set up that Chargers uh, game-winning field goal. Now, Eckler, it looked like his knee was down, but then, you know, he lost the ball. I, I forgot who picked it up from uh, Atlanta. He ended up fumbling it, and then you know, the Chargers ended up recovering mm-hmm. it. And, of course, that set up the game-winning uh, field goal. For mm-hmm. the Chargers, so you know that was a little, you know, that was kind of a crazy finish there. Your camera Dickett, uh, you know, set that uh, game winner for uh, for the Chargers, I should say. So uh, missed opportunity by Atlanta by Atlanta to extend their lead in an NFC South. We'll, we'll tell you who benefited from that in just a second. But you know, the Chargers, we all picked the Falcons. I think you picked the, the Chargers. I picked the Chargers. Yep. <laughs> the Chargers. Yeah, Chrissy and I picked the Falcons. Unfortunately, so of course, of course, I don't pick the Chargers. Of course, they show up. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert had a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Eckler had a, a touchdown. It was a, actually it was one of those games where it seemed like nobody wanted to win. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of like hot potato. They exchanged, they exchanged turnovers and such. So it was a little bit nutty. But uh, you know, if you're the Chargers, you take the win. You'll know, go across country and get that win in that new game. Yeah, real quickly, Kim, before we move on, what about the play before with Austin Eckler uh, when he scored that uh, at the, at the time the potential go ahead touchdown? His knee did not touch the ground, but the referees disagreed with that replay. I thought that was bush league, but the Chargers yeah. got the win anyway. What did you think about that play? Yeah, that was yeah, that was a little bit nutty. I, I saw the replay. Like I said, I was watching like multiple games, but yeah, I saw that. I'm like, wait a minute, he, his knee wasn't down. He scored, but you know, the good news is it ended up co- it ended up costing him. So you know, the Chargers were able to kind of take control of it and uh, set up the game winning uh, field goal for them. So it it it, it worked out well for them. So okay, it did. Cin- yeah, to Cincinnati we go next, where the Bengals get a big victory over the Carolina Panthers, forty two to twenty one. Joe Burrow twenty two of twenty eight, two hundred six yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon. 22 carries, 153 yards, and four rushing touchdowns. You also have one receiving. And Mr. T. Higgins for Cincinnati stepping up in the place of the injured Jamar Chase. Seven catches for 60 yards. On the flip side, P.J. Walker was benched and was replaced by Baker Mayfield. Mr. Mayfield threw two touchdown passes late. Yeah, Mixon is the first player in Bengals history to uh, to have four total touchdowns and a half. So, you know, if you had him on your fantasy team, uh, you had a nice you had a nice go at it with that one. Um, you know, having a touch, a receiving touchdown, and th- and four rushing touchdowns in total. But you know, unfortunately for the Panthers, they're just trying to like keep things af- afloat at the very least. They 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 fired, I think, their their D line coach and their wide receivers coach, coacher, I believe. So you know, <laughs> we've got the fall guy portion of this season <sighs> you know, with these uh bad teams. So uh, yeah, I mean, look at you look the Bengals did what they were supposed to to a a, a team that's not very good. So. You know, you take the win if you're the Bengals. You know, hopefully you can get it going. You're five and four now. You're still right there in the AFC North. So hopefully you can get get your toe in the corner here, especially with Chase still being out for another couple more weeks. To the Motor City we go next, where the Detroit Lions upset the Green Pack Packers. That's right. The Lions beat the Packers by the score of 15 to 9. That final score would make Lakina McGee look look proud right now. I was watching the majority of this game via this computer screen yesterday. I know. 
Yeah, <laughs> I know for those of you in Chicago, they didn't, uh, they don't get red zone. You didn't get this game because Fox did not have a doubleheader in number two. The Bears were on CBS, so that's why uh, Chicago didn't get a chance to watch this game on via their televisions yesterday. But Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 43, 291 yards, three interceptions, and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, the former Green Bay Packer, rushed the ball for the Lions 24 times for 81 yards. Uh, Alan Lazar for the Packers, four catches, 87 yards, and a score of Lakina. Call me crazy. Uh, like I said, I watched the majority of that game alive in its entirety yesterday. And you can blame the young wide receivers all you want to. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a good game. They didn't run the ball enough, in my opinion. Th this one goes on Matt LaFleur, period. The head coach yeah. of the Packers. Yeah, two red zone interceptions uh, that uh, Aaron Rodgers threw, and for the first, that's the first time ever in his career that he's thrown not one but two red zone interceptions in a game. Now, yeah, that 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 whole game plan, I don't know what that was. I don't know why they didn't run the ball. <laughs> I know, I know, Joe's got banged up with an ankle injury. It was like, mm -hmm. thankfully, that's not serious. But mm -hmm. you know, they, they should have ran the ball more because we know that Detroit is one of the worst rush defenses in the league. So they should have taken advantage of that. Unfortunately, you know, Aiden Hutchinson got his second interception of the of of his career and you know of the season so you know i think i know he's feeling pretty good about that and and look i i, I you know kirby joseph was kind of like the guy that was in his nightmares he had he had two of both of those i believe both of those no i think he had the one the other uh red zone interception from mm -hmm. rogers so he had a big game too so I mean, look, if you're Detroit, you get your second win of the season, you know, maybe get a little bit of momentum as you face the Bears. The Packers, you're three and six. You, you fall, you know, three and six now. I, I You throw dirt on them? I mean, you know, you don't, you never want to count out a team that has Aaron Rodgers. You never do, but I don't know. Some, some's just, some's, some's a missed here. I was uh, listening to the guys from Get Up earlier, and the guys were saying that something kind of seems to be missing. I don't know what it is, but. Something doesn't doesn't seem of, is off among the Packers. I don't know why, but I, I don't know. Something's happening here. In an old school, formerly known as the AFC East matchup, the New England Patriots dominated the Indianapolis Colts 26-3. Mac Jones for the Patriots, 20 of 30 for 147 yards and a touchdown pass. Ramon Ramondre Stevenson, 15 carries, 60 yards, and Hunting Henry, yes, a blast from the pass. He's the New England's version of a tight end, four catches for 50 yards. But the big story here was the New England Patriots defense uh, sacking Egl uh, Eglinger nine times. Yes, yeah, I did not turn to this game yesterday. I just saw clips of it on on Red Zone. That's all I needed to see. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I kept this game like off my radar. And uh, <laughs> look, what made it worse is that now Frank Wright, he's gone. You know, of course, if you guys didn't mm -hmm. hear the news uh, a couple of hours ago, uh, a little over a couple of hours ago, Frank Wright got got the pink slip and his link card. So, yep. you know, I'm, I'm not. I know some people were surprised by that. I wasn't, especially after the fact that they. Missed a chance to go to the playoffs that last year, losing to the Jaguars in the last mm -hmm. game of the season. They had a couple of uh, tough goals at it. You know, they had a couple of chances to win a couple of games, let that slip away. It all started with that Texas game that ended in a tie. And now Jeff Saturday, yes, that Jeff Saturday um, is going to be the interim coach for the rest of the season. Now he went three and seven when he uh, coached high school football in Indianapolis, just outside Indianapolis. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good. That, 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 oh, I don't know if that's a good omen. I don't know, but you know, I played I, I play men football on the video games for thirty years, and I can coach Brother Rice High School. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> you're all Ramada. Yes, yes, you, you probably can. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the talent is there for Indianapolis. I mean, you thought you had your quarterback in Carson Wentz. That didn't work out. You brought in Matt Ryan. That hasn't worked out so far. Edinger's getting the, the rookie growing pains. You know, Shaq, uh, Shaq Leonard's been in and out of the lineup. I, I don't know. I mean, look, if you're the Patriots, you're five and four, you're still right there to think of it for uh, an AFC uh, wild card spot. But the Colts, ugh, I, 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 I got nothing. Yeah, those short, short-term fixes are coming back to bite them in a you-know-what. Staying with the AFC East, where the New York Jets improved their record to 6-3. and three. We told you on Friday that this could be possible, even though all three of us, uh, Christine, myself, and Lakina, picked the Bills. We said it wasn't going to be easy, but we thought Buffalo was uh, could come out with the win. Uh, that last part didn't quite come out to Patrick yesterday. The Jets beat the Bills by 3-2017. Josh Allen, 18-34, 200. Five yards and two interceptions. He also ran the ball nine times, 86 yards and two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, five catches for 93 yards. But the Jets' defense comes up big with a couple of sacks on Josh Allen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, including the interception. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think it was uh, Jordan Whitehead's interception that kind of did the, uh, the the Bills in also to uh, earlier interception from uh, Ricky Sauce Gardner. So, you know, it was really the defense. I mean, look, look, Josh Allen said afterwards in the presser, he played like bleep so uh, mm-hmm. you know i mean they're they're now owing two of their division the, the bills are so of course the, you guys remember they lost to miami a few weeks ago so they're yeah they're leading the they're leading the division right now but they're owing two technically because they got a better record than the other they have like mm-hmm. one less loss than the other so but like i said they're still they're owing two in their division so it, it's and they play the patriots this sunday so it's gonna you know i don't want to uh I don't want to say that you know the sky is falling for Buffalo, but they need to kind of like you know get things going. They need to be more aggressive on defense. Allen needs to stop making those you know those terrible mistakes, and mm-hmm. they'll be fine. And if you head coach Shaman Denver and the Bills, we keep telling you this: you run the ball outside of Josh Allen just to prevent him from getting hurt. But what do we know? Moving on, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings are quietly becoming one of the best teams in the NFL after coming. From a 17 to 10 deficit to beat the Washington Commanders in our nation's capital, 2017. Kirk Cousins, yes, do you like that? <laughs> 22 of 40 for 265 yards and two touchdown passes. Dalvin Cook was a receiver uh, on one of them. He ran the ball 17 times for 47 yards. Justin Jefferson, Mr. Giddy, had seven mm-hmm. catches, 115 yards, and one touchdown. Lakina, I had some. I watched some of this game on Red Zone and via my computer in uh, in its entirety. The Commanders were making me look good for a while, but they blew that seven-point lead late in that uh, Harrison Smith interception for the Vikings um, uh, had the turnaround for the Vikings going the other way. And uh, I must remind Vikings fans, yes, be happy that your team is 7-1, but your next four games are tough. Uh, and this is, this is one of the signs of a good team where you're not playing your best when you win. Uh, that's just one, of the, uh, uh, one of the good signs of a good team, but you cannot play like this come playoff time. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, the next game is the Bills, who I'm sure are not going to be in a very good mood. And they got the Cowboys and the Patriots and the Jets after that. So, yeah, it does get mm-hmm. tough for them these these next few uh, weeks. But going back to this game, I mean, look, they were chanting, you like that? Because, of course, you know, he felt, you know, Kirk Cousins really started saying that when he was playing for the, well, then the Washington, uh, I won't say the, the name, but, uh, but yeah, but they were chanted throughout the game and such. And, you know, he was, you know, if you, if you saw the video that went viral of them on the team playing, just you know, <laughs> flexing yeah, with no was, shirt on and a bunch that, of uh, bootleg chains. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was a little bit, that was a little bit weird, but I mean, 
I mean, I mean, look, he led the charge. Of course, Harrison Smith, that intercession from Ooh, Montana. Wee! <laughs> yeah, that start, that start, that started the turnaround. They scored uh, 13 unanswered, so that ended up, you know, going in for them. So it was it up being a, a solid win. Look, you're seven and one. You take it. Mm-hmm. You know that there are going to be people that are going to be, you know, saying that you're not very good and such. But you know, this is your chance. You know, you you face Buffalo this Sunday. I'm going to be looking forward to that game. That should be a fun one. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look, if you, you take the winner of the Vikings, it wasn't the prettiest. You know, and look, they've had like half their wins haven't been very pretty. So, yeah. you know, let, let's, you know, let, let's give them a little bit of credit, though, too, still. In the last of the early games, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as I told you confidently on Friday, they defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 27 to 20. Derek Carr, 21 to 36, 259 yards passing in two touchdowns. Travis Etienne for. Jacksonville had 28 carries, 109 yards, and two big touchdowns. Devontae Adams had a big game for the Raiders. 10 catches, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I saw a stat that, um, that unfortunately, uh, the Raiders and the Packers are combined like four for four and 12 or something, or three and 12 or something like that. So, you know, they they were actually up big. They were up twenty to nothing. You know, at, you know, going into halftime, twenty to ten. It's just like going into halftime now. I don't know what happened, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the Jags were able to turn around. Uh, Travis Etienne, you know, one hundred nine rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Christian Kurt had that lone touchdown catch from Lawrence. So it was actually their defense that stepped up late for them. So. They're starting to kind of you know, maybe, you know, getting things going here a little bit. The Raiders just didn't have it in the second half. I mean, it was just, you know, what you wonder, you wonder what the heck happened. So Yeah, they got shut out in the second half. No points. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't know what happened there. I mean, they just, you know, they had, they, they were nailing all cylinders. But by the second half, unfortunately, Carr couldn't get a, a completion. So, and <laughs> and uh, Devontae Az had a couple of key drops. So, uh Life isn't very good for neither A-Rod nor uh, Adam, so. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lekin here with you, reviewing week nine from the NFL action from yesterday. Let's go into the late games. There were only two of them. Shame on you, NFL. Uh, let's go to the desert where the Arizona Cardinals fall to the Seattle Seahawks in the important NFC West division matchup. The Seahawks get the best of Arizona, 31-21. Geno Smith continues to write back the haters with his stellar play so far this year. Yesterday, he was 26-34, 275 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker the third, as I told you guys last year, he was with Michigan State. He could play on Sundays, and look what's happening now. He had 26 carries, 109 yards and two touchdowns. And Noah Fant, the big tight end for the Seahawks, five catches for 96 yards. He had Fant had a big catch late that gave him a first down and just, you mm-hmm. know, kind of eat up more clock. So by the end of that game, of course, you know, Kenneth Walker the third, he now has five straight games with a rushing touchdown tied with Kurt, Kurt Warner. Not that Kurt Warner, the Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> The other court one, the running back, you know, who who uh, played for Seattle for a few years, he did it in 1983, his rookie year for the longest by a rookie in French in the in history of the, of the of the Seahawks. Now, I mean, the Cardinals they just started doing the midseason. Uh, so, you know, that the midseason. Uh, what was that show? I forgot my my mind just went. Uh, right HBO Hard Knocks Hard midseason. Knocks. Yeah, last Hard year was the Indianapolis season. Colts. You saw what happened with them. Now it's the Arizona Cardinals. So I believe the, air, the episodes will start airing this week on HBO Max. It's from HBO and NFL, produced by NFL Films. Yeah, so also Tugino Smith continued to do well. Two touchdowns. 
uh, the Cardinals. I mean, look, they they have a lot of injuries in that O line. You know, they were you know bot snaps and you know penalties and such. So that did them in as well because they had their they had their chance to win this game. They had their chances, mm-hmm. but you know all the stuff I just mentioned. So unfortunately, again, you know the Seahawks continue to lead the division six or three. I don't think anybody had that this, this, no, this season. No one did. Nobody no had. Did. Not even the Seattle people. I'm sure probably didn't have that. <laughs> Yeah, so the Seahawks are 6-3 overall, 3-2 away from Quest Field, or the formerly known as the Link. The Cardinals dropped their record to 3-6, 1-4 at home. You think that Coach Cliff Kingsbury, even though he got that contract extension last year, you think he'll be in trouble if the Cardinals don't find a way to make it back to the playoffs? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. And speaking of the playoffs, uh, I said this on Friday, this game could, could – could determine the uh, who could be eliminated from not for uh, not making the playoffs this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored ten points in the fourth quarter, uh, coming from behind to defeat the defending champion Los Angeles Rams sixteen to thirteen. Tom Brady thirty six of fifty eight. That's right, thirty six of fifty eight, two hundred eighty yards in the game winning touchdown pass. Darrell Henderson ran the ball for the Rams twelve times for fifty six yards. Cooper Cup, my guy on my fantasy team. Who, who was the only one that did anything for that Rams offense yesterday? Eight catches for 127 yards and a touchdown. Like, you know, the Rams were in control up until the last few minutes. Matthew Stafford, you know, he got his hand scratched early in that game. The Rams, the, the, these two teams, like we said on our last show on Friday, they mirror each other. I think Tampa Bay, this was the third or fourth time entering the fourth quarter without scoring the mm-hmm. touchdown. The Rams just had one. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you can say about the Rams. We told you about the bad offensive line. We told you that the defense is overrated outside of Aaron Donald. Matthew Stafford, uh, that elbow injury that the Rams wanted to hide, it, uh, you can't hide it anymore. Uh, it, uh, Sean McVay, I still believe is a good coach, but I think this may be becoming a wasted year for him. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, stay alive. Uh, if it wasn't for that touchdown pass, uh, things could have been much worse. But uh, Tom Brady uh, does this thing again. I think he only. I think he has over now a hundred uh, career passing yards. Uh, 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 hundred thousand. Hundred thousand yards. Yeah, yesterday. First, yeah, the first QB to yeah. do that. So you know that just shows his longevity and such. You can you can kind of tell, especially after that after that uh, pass they uh, threw to Kate Kate Often. You know, yeah, this first got his first uh, mm-hmm. cut out of his career. You know, you tell it's just sort of like the weight, you know, was lifted off. I mean, you saw him and you know, I'm talking about Brady at a uh, fire left, which the OC for the Bucks embrace after the game. You saw the smile on Todd Bowles' face. You know, yeah. you, you could tell that, you know, they just relief. And the defense, yes. you know, got a little bit of a break. Yes. You know, they sacked, they, they sacked uh, Stafford four times. And the defense for the Rams only sacked Brady once. So that, that, that kind of tells you that, you know, this could be a wasted year for the Rams. But as for the Bucks, they're four and five. They're still right there in the NFC South. That's still a winnable division. You know, look, Brady mm-hmm. said that, you know, this it was bleeping awesome. So, you know, that that whole that T D drive. So that could this be the thing that, you know, turned it around for the Bucks? We'll have to wait and see. But this is a good start. Now, as for the Rams, look, we've been saying that they have issues. They're now down to they're now three and five now. So you know, you know, Cub is struggling. That defense is not, you know, nothing, something's not mapping there on that defense. And like you know, that that old line, of course, you know, like they gave up four sacks to Stafford to the to the Bucks, I should say. Yeah. It, it's not looking good for the Rams at this point. Yeah, shout out to our guy Lamont Scott from Facebook. The Rams and Bucks offenses looked pretty bad yesterday. Yes, it did. It was a it was a drag to watch. 
but uh, Brady did his thing at the end with that game-winning touchdown pass. Last game of the day took place in Kansas City, Missouri on Sunday night football. Lakina McGee's prediction was almost correct. The Tennessee Titans were leading uh, most of that game. The Kansas City Chiefs forced overtime, and they were eventually winning in overtime by the score of 20-17. to 17. Patrick Mahomes, 43-68, 446 yards and a touchdown pass. Patrick Mahomes' shoulder and elbow and arm must be in a 24-hour massage schedule right now. <laughs> Derrick Henry for the Titans, 17 carries, 115 yards and two touchdowns. Char- Travis Kelsey, uh, the big tight end for the Chiefs, 10 catches for 106 yards. Yeah, Mahomes is the first player in the Super Bowl era with at least four uh, passing yards and a touchdown and 60 yards and a touchdown rushing. So in the same game, so he's the, th- he's the first player to do that. Now, Henry, you can kind of wonder that maybe, I don't know if the Chiefs figured it out or that maybe they didn't want to, Tyson want to wear and tear on him too much, but he should have been, you know, he should have been right there. It should have been the star of that of that that drive that the Titans had. That of course, that force upon. Of course, the Chiefs ended up winning it. They exchanged they exchanged the possessions for a little bit. I kind of kept the game in the background. <laughs> I mean, well, the Chiefs were able to pull it out, but I think like, the Titans the Titans had plenty of chance to put the game away. They didn't do it, and they you know, they you know the Chiefs were able to come back and win it. And uh, look, I know people, especially with Buffalo losing, people want to say, well, the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Slow down, folks. I mean. Look, they they have they still have their various issues that they didn't they didn't address. So it'll all we'll have to wait and see there. Look, they're six and two, but you know, it looks as the Titans, I'm not too worried about them. I think they're still still I think they're still right there in the AFC South. So mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about them at this point. This was more about the Chiefs than anything. Yeah, the Chiefs got to find someone to run the ball with some consistency. I did not see that last night. That's why you saw Patrick Mahomes with 68 uh passing attempts. That's too much for a quarterback. His arm's gonna fall off before playoff time. That's why that that's what I say. That's why they're gonna miss Tyreek Hill and it's gonna show. So mm-hmm. yep. you know people I know I know Chiefs fans want to boast and say, hey, look, we're still like we're still like you know the top dog in the AFC. But let's let's slow down. Let's hope that uh Mahomes arm doesn't fall or his legs doesn't you know give out on him, you know, by mm-hmm. the end of this season, all the stuff that he's had to do to kind of keep the team afloat. But you know, going to our studs and does for week nine, Sid Go, your studs. Hi, uh, my studs, Tyreek Hill of Miami with that big important win over the Chicago Bears. Joe Mixon of Cincinnati, my second stud uh, with Cincinnati's win over Carolina. And I'll give uh, a courtesy uh, stud to the whole the whole Detroit Lions team for being the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, that was good. Now, and Dan I Campbell, that. I just want to go right. home and drink. <laughs> yeah, well, well, of course, of course he does. I'm sure. <laughs> Don't need cash sure. for today. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, also, I'm sure he did. Uh, I'll say uh, Tampa as my stud because of the fact that they really needed that win against mm-hmm. the Rams. And, of course, you know, Bray especially you can tell with everything he went, he's gone through the last month. You know, finally, I'm sure you can start, you know, concentrating on football now. He can do that. Uh, Joe Mixon from the Bengals, of course. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. him, everything he did. If you ha- I didn't have him on fantasy. Thank you. I, didn't have, I wasn't facing anybody who had him on fantasy, so I was all good there. But, you yeah. know, if, you're, if you had him on your fantasy team, you had a pretty good day yesterday. Uh, six uh, total touchdowns. Uh, five total touchdowns, I'd say, for Mr. Mixon. Uh, one more stud. Uh, even though I didn't pick him and I feel bad that I didn't, I, I'll pick the Chargers. You know, somebody had to win that game against the Falcons, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my three does has returned to does now. My three does the Buffalo Bills, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Green Bay Packers. Oh, of course he steals all three of mine that I had. Uh, <laughs> I'll say, I'll, I'll say, I'll say the Rams just because I don't know what's going on with the Rams. I mean, it's just, 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 just 
you know, Super Bowl hangover indeed. Uh, uh, the Colts, I mean, you know, things are seem to be going into free fall. They got rid of a couple of their uh, their line coaches. Now they've got rid of Frank right now. Jeff Saturday is going to come in literally off the streets. Okay, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And the Raiders, mainly because they once again gave up a double-digit lead. Isn't that fun? They blew a 70-point lead. <laughs> it's the eighth time in history that a team has been shut out and blown out and blown a 17-point lead in consecutive games regardless of the order. The first team to do that, you know, since the Browns did in 09. I remember that when they did that because they, they were up, I think, about, like, about 20 in their yeah. next game, and they ended up losing that game. So, uh yeah, you're also the first franchise to do this multiple times. You know, in '97, they 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 they've done this twice. They've done it when they were in Oakland. They lost to the Chiefs in Week 15 and blew a 23, 21 to three lead against the Seahawks in Week 16 in '97. So, unfortunately, it's not the first time. You know, the Raiders have done this. <laughs> so, those are my three duds. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, before we close out our number one, we'll preview give give you guys a quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football contest between the five and three Baltimore Ravens and the three and five New Orleans Saints. It takes place tonight from the Caesar Superdome down there, New Orleans. That's at seven fifteen p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN. I believe you get a Manning cast as yes. well on yes, on yes. ESPN too. That Quickly, Lakina, uh, uh, who did you? Is for, shame on you if you missed Friday's show. But who would you have winning this game and what are your quick keys tonight? Yeah, I have Baltimore. I know uh, Mark Andrews is going to be out, but I think that defense is going to be the key for Baltimore. Um, if you're if you're Lamar Jackson, if you can set if you're the Ravens, try to set the tone early. Try to kind of get the defense to, you know, to be aggressive against uh, that Saints offense. I, I'm trying to think, is, is Dalton starting today? Uh, I, I'm sure I think that, he is. Mm. Yeah, I know he's been banged up, so I got I to gotta look that up real quick if he's going to start tonight. I mean, yeah, I think he is. But, uh, look, you know, try to be aggressive on him. You know, try to force, you know, Kamara to be kind of like the guy that's like Martin Ingram is out. But mm-hmm. I, I think if you can slow him down, if you're the Ravens, I think the Ravens defense is starting to turn the corner a little bit. I think Elvis Duroville is going to, you know, has been kind of like the key to kind of get that, you know, for that defense for the Ravens. So if they can send a message, get a pick six, you know, mm-hmm. Lamar and Lamar Jackson, the rest of that uh, Ravens offense can do their thing. I know Bateman's going to be out for out for a year, but I think Deshaun Jackson, look, he's going to be in his first start of the season tonight. We might be hearing this, they might be calling his name a lot. Uh, on Monday nights and uh, on Monday nights night. So I think that's going to be the key for the Ravens. Set the tone early, get the defense to try to, you know, force uh, Dalton to throw, and then, you know, they should be able to win this game pretty easily. Also, this will be a, the de- a debut of, of a new Baltimore Raven named Rowcross Smith, the former Chicago Bears. So mm-hmm. we'll see what, what he can bring to that Ravens defense tonight. Also, on the flip side for New Orleans, can you contain Lamar Jackson in that pocket? Good luck with that. You still have Cam Jordan. You still have – LaShawn Lattimore uh, head, headline the Saints secondary. So it, can you keep Lamar Jackson in that pocket? And we'll, let, let's see what Alva Kamara can do. We saw he had two big touchdowns in that shot. I went over the Las Vegas Raiders last Sunday afternoon. Let's see if we can bring him to that Saints offense tonight. Should be a good one. It'll be on ESPN, ESPN2. You'll get a Medicast, and I think it'll be streaming to on ESPN+. Plus. So you'll be able to check out this game tonight. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead. Bulls have a rough weekend, you know, losing two, including a tough one last night to Raptors. They hopefully can get their revenge tonight as they play these same Raptors. Also, two interesting things happening in the NBA. And, of course, you know, Dusty Baker finally gets his World Series ring. We'll talk about that. Also, two crazy things happening in uh, college football and uh, a lot of uh, upheaval in the playoff standings. We'll get to that. And it's like, of course, Shocking. Old, <laughs> yeah, old school TV Monday also as well. So, so he has a good one. We'll see what 
what happens. Uh, we'll see what 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 he'll have in store for us there for that. But a lot to do still. Hour number two, sexy sports on Sports of Chicago. Lakina said, and I know I'm fading, so I'm gonna fix up <laughs> during the break. <laughs> <laughs> my lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting I was just checking in with my mom I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention I'm not even halfway through my text there's no way I'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's just supposed to be a quick text I'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Season best for Fred. And the dime is right. Williams, right to the aisle of the points to take control of the possessions. Whistle and a foul.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here, live in the Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. S I D K I D 80. And follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We have less than an hour left. This is Extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to get at us, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Those highlights from the Bulls and Raptors game last night came courtesy of Rogers Sportsnet in Toronto, Canada. Matt Delvin and Alvin Williams. Yes, that former NBA player, Alvin Williams, uh, with the call for the Toronto Raptors broadcast. As the Bull, as we talk Bulls and NBA to kick off our number two right here on, on SportsZone Chicago. Uh, Toronto Raptors get the best of our Chicago Bulls, 113-104 to 104 last night. Lakeena, I don't know if you uh, saw that statistic. For those of you that are watching our show via uh, via YouTube and Roku Facebook TV. And, uh, Facebook yeah, and, and Facebook Twitter. as well. Uh, uh, the Rogers Sportsnet broadcast showed the offensive rebound discrepancy. Uh, this is what it came down to last night as we discussed the Bulls' loss. The Bulls were very aggressive in that first half. I watched the majority of this game via my television. The Bulls were very aggressive in the first half. Why? Because of offensive rebounding. How did Toronto get back in the game in the second half, you know, even though the Bulls made a run late? Toronto got back in the game by offensive rebounds and playing a two-man trap when DeMar DeRozan brought up the ball for the Chicago Bulls. Remember, teams were starting to do that last year, and the Bulls faded. Now teams are starting to pick Pick, pick it back up again. Toronto did a mess for a job last night. Give uh, Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse credit for that. Yeah, uh, they double team, you know, the more a lot, of course. You remember Zach didn't play because, you know, the rest of the back to back and knee management. So he will be back tonight for that uh, game. Hopefully the Bulls will get their revenge against mm -hmm. the Raptors. I mean, but Fred Van Fleet, I should say, he had 30 points and 11 assists. Raptors' very know, own. Yeah, of course, you know, he tends to do pretty well against the Bulls for whatever reason. So, you know, it is what it is there now. Of course, second chance, check, second chance points, I should say. That was another thing that really uh, did it. I mean, I think it was like 20, like 8 to like 12 or something like that for the Raptors uh, on the in the edge there. So that also killed the Bulls, late, especially late in the game as, you know, you thought that maybe they were up by 8. You thought that maybe they were going to, you know, pull away. They didn't, you know, second chance points, rebounds. And whatnot, letting Demar handle the ball. That's not a good look if you're if you're the bull. So that's when you miss Levine, you miss Kobe White. Remember, Kobe White didn't play yesterday either. So and Andre Drummond. Not Andre Drummond either. He missed his Thursday game too. So that was another reason. You can tell that you know we haven't they haven't played a full roster again. So I'm not worried about tonight. I mean, hopefully the Raptors have you know expounded so much energy that they you know they can't be able to you know do the same thing they did uh, last night. So. Hopefully Caruso could play a little bit better handling the ball. Hopefully, also too. Hopefully, maybe with you know Levine playing. Hopefully that'll free up tomorrow a little bit. He only had twenty points, which is not not a good. Uh, which is for him is a, is a uh, is an off game for him. Mm -hmm. So you know he was uh, uh zero for one from three and, and such. But you know we'll be interested to see what you know what's going on tonight. Hopefully the the bench will step a little bit better. Javante Green hopefully can step up. And uh, I know you know. You know, you know, Derek Jones, I know he got banged up a little bit. He'll hopefully he'll be able to play tonight too. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not worried about the Bulls at this point. I know some people are saying that, oh, they look like the White Sox, you know, just because you know, of course Jason Benetti, of course, pitched in for Adam Amin over mm -hmm. the NBC Sports Chicago uh, telecast last night. I think they're a little bit better than 
call me crazy, but I think a little bit better than the White Sox. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's just like I know people just want to like start some stuff and be stupid because that that's that's bulls Twitter for you. But yeah, I'm not at, at this point. Look, they haven't they still haven't played a full roster in a, in a minute, so I'm not worried about the Bulls at this point. But hopefully, they can get that going tonight and get back to 500. Take a look at some of the numbers for last night. Games starting from the Bulls side. Patrick Williams, 13.7 rebounds in 29 minutes of action. I like the way he played last night. Colaco from Toronto blocked two of his shots in the first half. And Patrick Williams, I thought he could have went up even stronger when in, in the NBA, especially in today's NBA. If you don't grow up strong, your shot will get blocked. But Patrick Williams, as the highlight that we play, uh, kicking off our number two, he did go up strong uh, in the second half, and he, he finished off with a, a ferocious dunk. DeMar DeRozan, as you mentioned, Lakina, 20 points off a of 7-9 shooting after scoring 46 on Friday in the loss at Boston. Alex Caruso, as you mentioned, too, only four points off a one of eleven shooting. That's not going to cut it. Hopefully, uh, he'll be more aggressive tonight on deep on on offense. You like his defense, but offensively, even though you don't expect much from him, he's better than one of eleven shooting. It's just one of those uh, shooting nights happens to everyone. Nikolai Vucevic in thirty-five minutes of action, eighteen points, twelve rebounds. He was one of the main reasons why the Bulls had that big lead in the first half. He was very aggressive offensively. He had those offensive rebounds and those putbacks, and that really helped the Bulls to that big lead at halftime. And you mentioned Javante Green with 10 points off the bench, and Gordon Dragic, who I thought uh, I agree with our guy, Big Dave Watson from CHGO, uh, who covers the Bulls with our guy, Matt Peck. He thought that Gordon Dragic should have been, been on the floor at the end of the game. I yep. agree with him. Gordon Dragic had 60 points in 21 minutes off the bench. Yeah, I think that's sort of the thing there, too. So I think Look, hopefully they can make the adjust adjustments, you know, for tonight's game. I mean, yeah, it's sort of a limited like travel thing, so that's why you know you're seeing all these home and homes. So not the first time that we've seen this in the NBA this year. Interesting though that too, that all 30 teams will be playing today, so kind of a rarity for the uh, for the NBA. But yeah, because we'll of the, the election tomorrow here in yeah. United States, yeah, the, so they'll yeah, have plus, the day off. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they'll have the day off too. That's one of the reasons why the, all 30 mm -hmm. teams are playing all their 15 games tonight too. So we'll get to that in a second, but. You know, it'll be interesting to see if the Bulls can kind of, you know, get it going. Hopefully can make those adjustments and perhaps maybe, you know, get, get, get a little get back, you know, at Balt, uh, I should say at, at St. Louis. I mean, at uh, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Don't forget Toronto too. Didn't have Pascal Siakam last night. As you mentioned, Fred Van Fleet uh, stepped up, had a big game with 30 points. Scotty Barnes had a couple of big baskets as well. Also, OG, OG Nobi had 22 big points last night, filling in that starting lineup in the place of Siakam. So that Toronto team, they're a poor man's version of the Milwaukee Bucks they have that length and size, and they really have speed, and they can get up and down the floor. So uh, people think that, well, this is not the Toronto Raptors of Kawhi Leonard of 2019. You're correct, but I think this team is better uh, uh, better wise defensively, and with that length and size, they can definitely give teams problems. Yeah, I mean, definitely, but like you said, I mean, they haven't really – they missed the, they just missed the playoffs last year, so they – you know, so – Yeah, I, I know they barely made it, but, you know – They barely they, made the playoffs they, last they year, Don't so. overlook them. I'm not, I'm not saying that they shouldn't overlook, but I think well, let, let's see. You know, let's see if they actually do something first. And look, they're not they're not there yet, you know, for me. So you know, I'm not there with that Toronto team. I guess they got the length and such, but you know, they got you know guys that can't stay healthy either. So I think I would say you know, well, let's you know, let let's slow down on making them kind of like up there with the Kawhi uh, Raptors teams from just a few years ago. So we'll see what happens there. This is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, talking about uh, this weekend. This weekend, I should say, in the NBA. What caught your eye? 
Uh, LeBron James, uh, breaking news, he'll miss tonight's game against Utah uh, because he has a foot injury. This will be the first game he, he has missed so far in his early 2022-23 season. Uh, the Lakers lo- lost at home to the Cavaliers yesterday by 14. Uh, Cleveland, Lakina, as we said, coming to the season, they're going to be a much improved team thanks to the trade for Donovan Mitchell. Darius Garland uh, has made his return to the lineup, and, and the Cleveland has looked better. Are they the top team in the East to beat? No. Are they much improved? Yes. So uh, as, as I know many Bulls fans are worried about their team because the East has gotten pedal on paper, and they're correct. But Cleveland's off to a hot start, a hard, a hot start this year, and they stayed on track yesterday with a big win on the road. Yeah, I mean they had a, a base start last year. They faded too, and then look, I know Donovan Mitchell. You know that, that he definitely makes a big difference for them, but they still have they still have their own issues too with their interior defense. So I, I think yeah, you know Jared Allen, but he tends to kind of like he misses a lot of games too from time to time. So I think people need to. I can see why some Bulls fans are a little bit upset, but I, I'm not worried about the Cleveland at this point. But you know it is what it is with them. Yeah, they had a nice win against the Lakers, but. But the Lakers are not the Lakers. We've seen that already. So I think people need to kind of just slow down on that. Now the Clippers, you know, lose to Utah. I don't know. Look, they're right now. They're what? They're like what, six, eight and three. I should eight and three. Uh, Utah is. Utah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, look. I don't know. I'm not sure they're going to be up there either. I just don't see it. You mean? I think they're they're hoping to tear it down. They didn't. See, you still got some pretty decent uh, players on that team. Could these guys be on the move by the trade deadline? Maybe. Or maybe they can continue to surprise some people like Cleveland did last year. But uh, we'll see. I did watch um, um, much of that game via this computer screen last night uh, in its entirety. Paul George, he had a hot first half, but his shooting along with the rest of the shooting of the Clippers faded away in that fourth quarter as the uh, Utah Jazz had an upset win 110 to 102. Laurie Marketing, one-time Chicago Bull. I'm not saying he's an all-star this year. We have a long way to go with that, but he was perfect from the free throw line last night. He was very aggressive taking the ball to the basket, and he got that Utah offense going. Colin Sexton, who was part of that trade as well for Donovan Mitchell in the offseason, uh, he did his thing last night. And also, too, don't forget about Mike Conley. He's a veteran. He may be one of those ones on the trade deadline, uh, candidates for the for the trade deadline coming up in February. I know that big contract has something to do with it, but uh, don't know if we'll look him either as a veteran. So Utah, not too bad for squad, but like you said, we'll see how long it lasts. Talk to us and come back at us in a month to see if they even lease in the middle of the pack in the Western Conference. And that's all I. That's all I'm gonna say about. Yeah, it. I mean, I'm not knocking them either. You know, but they have no, 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 no. Look, they got some you know, good players, like you mentioned. But like I said, I mean, this wasn't the plan. So I, I would be surprised if you know, some of these Danny Ainge, you know, pulls another one out of his hat and just you know try to trade some of these guys while their value is still you know up there. Uh, Portland uh, going back to Saturday's games. You know, Portland uh, loses to uh, Phoenix 102. 82. Uh, Devin Booker had 24 points leading the way for the for the Suns, and this was actually I watched a little bit of this game, and just even though Phoenix didn't have didn't have like it wasn't as close. It, it was you know definitely close. I think once once you know the Suns got it going, especially from three, they're very hard to beat. So once especially especially once the uh, some of the other uh, players started stepping up, you know CP3, you know 15 points. Um, he only had like four assists, which is sort of a, a vote for him. But yeah. they had contributions from everybody. And the and Portland just couldn't make their shots. That's probably one of the reasons why they were able to you know, beat him pretty handily. The Suns did. 
Yeah, another team also had a good weekend. The Atlanta Hawks, they beat the New Orleans Pelicans 124 to 121 in Hot Atlanta in overtime on Saturday. Trey Young had 22 points off of 9 and 23, 34 points, I should say, off of 9 and 26 shooting. But Deontay Murray recorded his first triple double of the season 11 assists, 22 points. Uh, 11 assists, 22 points, and 10 rebounds. I did get a chance to watch some of these games going back and forth between that and the World Series. We'll have our uh, seasoning thoughts on baseball coming up. But uh, I did watch some of this game. Uh, New Orleans uh, came out early on fire. Atlanta uh, caught up. Zion Williamson continues to look good. Looking, He had 29 points for the game. Uh, but he's got to keep those fouls uh, in check. He did that on Saturday. He only had two personal fouls for the entire game. But the other night against the Lakers, you know, damn near fouled out. So that's something you had to watch out for if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan. And also to Brandon Ingle just chipped in with 16 points, the former All-Star. Yeah, that was a nice, uh, nice showing there for the Pelicans. Uh, another team that had a pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, weekend, and they might be turning the corner is Brooklyn. Um, one, you know, they beat the, the 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 Wizards by 42. That's actually the worst loss in their franchise history. I'll talk about the Wizards, and mm-hmm. they came and they came back and beat the Hornets, uh, 98-94. Let's, you know, Kevin Durant had you know 27 points in that game, and it looks like they're starting to kind of. You know, maybe you know, get it together a little bit. I know the, the Kyrie stuff, well, we, we talked about that. We're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, rehash that anymore. But it looks like maybe, you know, you can kind of tell that maybe things are starting to turn the corner here for Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn is one of those teams that people uh, had as a, I don't want to say as a dark horse, but uh, one of those teams uh, that people had to come out the East surprise contend for a championship. Yumike Adoka, uh, he's going to be hired as head coach when we don't know, but it looks like it may be intimate in the next coming days or weeks. We'll see what happens with that. But as far as on the court, uh, Kevin Durant has to carry this team. And, and also, too, they had to realize that you had to play defense on every possession. They haven't been doing that so far this early in the season. But as you mentioned, the last two games, games that, that they've shown them, they have done it. Let's say that trend continues of, of playing defense for 48 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be interesting to see if they can keep it up. Of course, you know, Portland, before losing to uh, Phoenix, they actually beat Phoenix. Uh, Jeremy Grant had 30, uh, 30 points mm-hmm. for the Blazers. So they actually split that little weekend series uh, there with uh, them. And uh, look, Golden State, of course, you mentioned uh, them uh, losing to the Pelicans on Friday. Now, I know some people are, I know uh, we had our girl Kyla Mills on. Of course, she uh, co-hosts the Lockdown Warriors uh, podcast. Lockdown does, I should say. That's the actual name <laughs> of the podcast. But I'm, I'm wondering, like, you know, are, are people starting to kind of freak out about the Warriors? It, it's sort of one of those things where they're still trying to figure things out and that there might be some lingering effects from that whole thing with uh, with Jordan Poole and Draymond. I, I don't know, but it, it, it's, it's getting a little dicey in the, in the Bay Area at this point. And also, uh, Steve Kerr is trying to figure out his rotation and who's going to come off the bench to relieve those guys of minutes. You know, we talked about uh, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, this is his year to come out and shine after uh, missing his first couple years due to injuries. So you also have some other guys that you're trying to uh, figure out who uh, to grab important minutes as well. So if I'm uh, going to say, fan, you're not worried too much, but you should, when you start winning games again, I think they'll, they'll be okay. Now, the first game that took place on Saturday in the NBA, the Orlando Magic uh, lose to the Sacramento Kings 126 to 123. Sacramento 3 and 5 on the year. Lakina, look out. They're near 500. <laughs> 
But oh that yeah, wasn't good. The... Look out for the kings, I guess. Yeah, uh... yeah, that wasn't the story. The story was Paolo Bancaro in 40 minutes of action. The uh, uh, the rookie scored his first uh, 30 mm -hmm. uh, 30 point game. He had 33 points and grabbed 16 rebounds off of 14 and 26 shooting. Uh, I'm not going to hand him the award, rookie of the year award right now, but he's off to a hot start. It was yeah. just more than just that big dunk he had at Detroit on opening night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately for him, Orlando isn't there yet. So, but he's looking pretty good mm -hmm. so far. I mean, look, the game is not too big for him. He's been he shoot from the inside and the outside. So, I'm, you know, I'm. If you're a Magic man, you gotta be pretty feeling pretty good about uh, Mr. Panchero, and uh, he's looked really good so far. So, yeah, I'm looking to see if he can only get better as the season goes. He's averaging about like what thirty points. Uh, these mm -hmm. first like eight games that that that, that Orlando's played, so I'm looking forward to see how he's going to look. But yeah, it should be he only get better. So I'm looking forward to that. Of course, Boston beat the Bulls and they came back. You know that you know, on Saturday mm -hmm. and beat the Knicks by 15. Jalen Brown, of course, had 30 points in that game against the Knicks. So you know, it looks like Boston they're the they're near the top right now. Not a big mm -hmm. surprise there. So. Pretty interesting uh, scores uh, this weekend in the NBA. It should be another, should be a good one here coming up this week. Of course, you know, going into <laughs> Monday's games, which are tonight. You got the Wizards and the Hornets at six o'clock. There's going to be a lot of games. Uh, everyone's playing tonight, folks. So uh, bear with mm -hmm. us. Houston and Orlando. That's at six fifteen. OKC was pretty good so far against Detroit. That should be a fun one at six thirty. New Orleans and the Pacers. That should be a fun one. The first game of the NBA TV doubleheader, of course. Remember, no James Harden. You got the Sixers hosting the Suns. That should be a fun one. Another good one here. You got the Bucks and the Hawks. Another fun one. Portland starts their uh, East Coast uh, swing with Miami at seven thirty. Of course, the and of course the Raptors and the Bulls. That'll be at seven forty-five. Note the start time of that game. For that is weird. Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not on tel It's not on national television. So I guess I. I, I have no clue. But who, who knows? Sometimes with the NBA and their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, yeah, wrapping up the Monday schedule for tonight: Boston at Memphis at eight o'clock. Uh, the Knicks at the Timberwolves have eight fifteen. What is up uh, with these start one. times? This ain't the NFL. Minnesota eight fifteen. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. uh, Denver at San Antonio uh, in the rematch this time in San Antonio. Of course, Denver beat San Antonio on Saturday at home in Denver. Yep. The rematch is tonight in San Antonio at eight thirty. Do, do uh, uh, most of these schools will be closed tomorrow? Or something I, I, something that we don't I, know. I, I guess so. I guess this ain't the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, he's getting these eight thirty special starts. I guess I got to spread them out. I guess since everybody's playing, so get that little fifteen. I get. Little I guess. Minutes. I don't okay. know. <laughs> okay. Okay. But bad. listen to this. You cannot make this stuff up. The uh, the Dallas Mavericks will host the Brooklyn Nets at eight forty five Central Standard Time. <laughs> this ain't the NHL playoffs. Good. Mm, okay. <laughs> Moving on, Sacramento will travel to Golden State to take on the Warriors at nine o'clock Chicago time. That's seven o'clock on the West Coast. Normal time slot, folks. NBA get it right. Um, the Lakers now without LeBron James, at least for tonight. Anyway. Shocking. <laughs> They'll travel mm -hmm. to Utah to face the Jazz at 9.15 Chicago time. Good grief. And at a normal time at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> on NBA TV, we'll have the Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Clippers. No, uh, the elections, uh, midterm elections here in the United States, uh, the election day is tomorrow, so no NBA games are scheduled. Many of the arenas, not the United Center in Chicago, but many no. of the NBA arenas will be used as a as polling place for, for their fans to go vote. So that's why there's no games taking place in the NBA tomorrow. 
Now going to Wednesday's action, we will have, of course, New Orleans uh, here in Chicago to take on the Bulls. That's at 7 o'clock on normal start time. Yay! <laughs> at 6 o'clock, we have Portland at Charlotte. At the same time, we'll have at 6 o'clock Denver at Indianapolis to take on the Pacers. 6 o'clock Dallas at Orlando. 6.30 Utah at Atlanta. Also at the same time at 6.30 Detroit at Boston. And the first game of that Wednesday night doubleheader on ESPN, the Battle of New York. We'll have the New York Knicks traveling to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. Oh, Lord. Steve A. is going to be yelling for that one like <laughs> Oh geez, I'm at the pool. I had to watch that game on mute or probably uh streaming on my uh my computer here. Uh he's yeah, you'll probably have to find in the, the MSG or the Yes yeah. Network broadcast for that yeah. one. Yeah, I like the yes I we all stand Sarah Kusak for the show. Yo, I gotta yeah, yeah. Gonna try to get her back on. Houston and Toronto to finish up that first slate of games. Of course, the Pelicans and the Bulls. That should be a fun one mm-hmm. at seven o'clock. Another good one here. You got the Suns and the T Wolves. Mm-hmm. That should be a fun a matchup there. Milwaukee and OKC. Memphis and San Antonio, the Battle of LA, the second game of that uh, ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader. Of course, you know, the Clippers will be the home team this time as they host, uh, air quotes, the Lakers. We'll hopefully, see LeBron and or AD will be returning for yeah, that one if you're ESPN. Yeah, hope, yeah, hopefully, too, for their sake. And uh, should be a good, a good one here between the uh, Battle of the Young uh, Guns. You got Cleveland and Sacramento. That, that's the nine o'clock game. Uh, the last of the nine o'clock games on Wednesday. And looking at Thursday's schedule, we'll have Dallas at Washington at 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA TV game of the night for Thursday, we'll have Philadelphia at Atlanta at 6.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. Also at 6.30 on Thursday, Charlotte at Miami. The Hornets will take on the Heat. And at 7 o'clock on Thursday, Portland will be at New will travel to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans at 7 o'clock. So that is your schedule Oof. for this week in the National Basketball Association. Oof. Get all that, Oof. folks. <laughs> oh boy, I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot to remember for yes. yes. <laughs> with everything else. But yeah, uh, oh yeah. But those, those start. I guess they're trying. I guess they were trying to be cute with the start. The start times. I guess you know, fifteen minute increments. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You listen to the second season sports on Sports Show Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, with you here. Let's recap uh, the World Series, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, congrats to the Houston Astros. They win their second. Uh, World Series title. Their second in four years. Of course, their last uh, last one was in 2019. Uh, 17. Four, 2017. You know, of course, they lost in 2019, and, and of course, mm-hmm. they lost again last year. Of uh, they, they've lost a lot more than they won, but uh, you know, but also to more importantly, I think this is what people are more more happy with. Uh, Dusty Baker finally gets his first managerial ring after 30 years, and let me see. I think I got the right. I got the number of like games he's actually managed, but he's now the, the oldest. You know, you know, he knocked off Jack McKenna is now the oldest at 73 years, and I think like a few days to win the uh, World Series. Also, too, because it's just his third black manager. Of course, mm-hmm. he gasped it in 92 and 93 with uh, Toronto, and Dave Roberts did a couple of years ago with the Dodgers. So, Sid, uh, you saw what, how I wish we had a clip of you know, all the uh, the bench coaches you know, for the Astros. You know, you know, that was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. Really sweet moments. And you can tell that look, he's living it up. And I, I love all the all the interviews he's done afterwards. He's living it up at this point. So that that's just if, if you're not happy with you know for the Astros as a whole, at least be happy for Dusty Baker. Yeah, and a couple of people on my Twitter timeline pointed this out as well. Be happy also for Trey Mancini, who was traded yes. from Baltimore to. Uh, Houston at the trade deadline. Of course, he battled cancer a couple of years ago. Now he has a World Series ring. But uh, we're not going to talk about how uh, it ended here in Chicago. Some of it was Dusty's fault. Some of it wasn't. Like I said, we won't get into that today. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, as a 
as a baseball man. Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, he, he deserved that World, World Series ring you mentioned. He, uh, uh, he managed five teams throughout his managerial career. All five teams have made it uh, made it to the playoffs under his tenure. Uh, the, he, he was the right guy for the right time for that Houston Astros yeah. job after going through that cheating scandal. Only two players still remain from that team. So Dusty, Dusty has been through controversial situations before. He's a player's manager. He's been through tough situations, and it finally paid off for him. If he wants to retire, go ahead. If he wants to come back, i.e. the Astros management, let him come back. But uh, if he doesn't want to do it anymore, so be it. This is a great uh, storybook ending to a, a great uh, baseball career. He was a Hall of Fame manager anyway, Lakina, but with this mm-hmm. world championship that he that the Astros accomplished on Saturday, he just bumped himself a few more spots to get in the, in the Hall of Fame first ballot. Probably say he'll probably get a first ballot this time too with this win also to Jeremy Pena. Yeah. Is the first rookie since Levon Hernandez did in '97 to win World Series MVP and the third overall. Larry Sherry, who did it, you know, back in 1959. He's also mm-hmm. the first rookie position player to win the award. Also, too, uh, he's won ALCS MVP November 1st because the first rookie shortstop to win a Gold Glove. Also, mm-hmm. and then after that, he first rookie shortstop to homer in the World Series, and now, of course, became the first rookie position player to win World Series MVP. And interesting note here. Well, the first player that Dusty managed was his dad, Geronimo Pena. So, you know, talk about a full yeah. circle moment and a feeling old moment there, too. But, yeah, Dusty, you're happy for him as well. And, look, you, and look if you're the, the Phillies, I know Philly fans are a little bit, you know, down about it. But they were playing with house money at this point. You know, you, 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 know, you fire your manager, Joe Girardi, in the first you know, part of the season. Rob Thompson comes in. They literally sneak into the playoffs in the last week, last literally the last you know last week of the season. Literally, mm-hmm. they ups they they pull up they upset the Braves. They beat beat the Padres. they beat the Cardinals in a wild card round. Yes, they did. Then they beat the then they beat the Braves. Then they beat the Padres. Mm-hmm. And then you know, of course, they four six games against the the favorites. So you know, you gotta be feeling pretty good. Look, hope you can build it if you're the Phillies. Yeah, like you like you said, the uh, the National League is going to be much tougher next year. Philadelphia they took advantage as best as, as they could. Uh, give Robbie Thompson, the manager of the Phillies, credit for that. They fought hard, but I think that no hitter that happened to them in Game Four really took a toll on them. They did bounce back in Game Five. You know they lost. They scraped out two runs, but they only scored one run off of Kyle Schwarber's home run in Game Six before uh, their bullpen which I thought that Zach Real should have been taken out. He was pitching a well of a game, by the way. But that bullpen, we told you it was going to come down to bullpens and timely offense, and that's what happened on Saturday. Y'all down Alvarez for the Astros, blessed that three-run home run, and off the Astros went, and that Phillies bullpen crapped in their pants. But with that being said, uh, the Astros, they earned this one. Uh, I don't think that the the booing and the, and the jeering will ever go away. But you have to give respect to Dusty Baker. He's hung in there long enough. It's finally paid off for him. And congratulations to him. Now, as far as uh, locally, uh, I don't think the Cubs or White Sox are closer to to where the Astros or the Phillies are as far as being those two teams left standing playing for a world title. The White Sox, uh, they still believe they're in their, quote, unquote, competitive window. The Cubs will see what they do in this offseason. But uh, for the Astros, as you say, Jeremy Pena, Carlos Correa, who? Carlos, who? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their guys have stepped, uh, stepped up. I mean, of course, we talked about Peña, we talked about Alvarez, and a couple other guys, too. Also, their bullpen, I mean, they they shut the, the Phillies down. Uh, they're the first bullpen to throw at least 40 innings in, in a single season, a single postseason, and post a sub-1 uh, ERA. So, 
that 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 bullpen when they needed to. They 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 stepped up when they had to. So gotta mm-hmm. give the Astros bullpen credit. I mean, they they shut the Phillies down. Of course, yeah, they gave up that homer to the Schwarber, but they were able to you know come back. So that 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 you know that's a testament to the, the whole organization as well. Yeah. Before we break for the bottom of the hour. Looking, we do have breaking news from MLB.com from the White Sox, no less. Uh, Tim Anderson's uh, $12.5 million uh, option was exercised by the White Sox. And Josh Harrison is now a former member of the White Sox. His $5.5 million option, player option was declined. So your new manager, uh, Pedro Griffo, who has uh, wearing num- jersey number five, uh, he has it permanently now since Josh Harrison will not be back with the ball club. <laughs> And also to uh, Jose Abreu, who's now now a free agent, which is not really a big surprise. Now, will mm-hmm. he be back with the White Sox? That's a whole different story. But it looks like he's not going to be. So, if you're, I think if you're a Griffel, I think you might want to, you know, you've, you've got guys that can play first base. So I would say, you know, look, you know, you tip your cap. You know, he has, you know, a great career with the White Sox, but it looks like he might be moving on. We'll see. Yep. Lakina, we got one more stretch to go. I know we're going to finish up strong. We're going to bring you the noise, bring in the funk, F-U-N-K, right here on the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We'll review a wild Saturday in the world of college football for Week 10. Michigan State brought the wood to Illinois. Uh, Tennessee, who y'all need to go back to Tennessee, for real, for real, as the kids would say. <laughs> and LSU Alabama gave us a classic game. We'll have old school TV Monday and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say... No thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the last segment of the show, Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can get me at me on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena's Girl McGee on the IG. We have less than 20 minutes left. This is Travagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to get at us via the social media, you can all, media, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get that up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's review some of the key games from, from last Saturday from the world of college football. We'll start off locally. The final line I come up eight points short as uh, Mel Tucker's Michigan State Spartans uh, upset the final line I, who are ranked number 16 in the country, 23 to, to 15. Uh, Mr. DeVito, Tommy DeVito, from Illinois, 25 of 37, 288 yards to two touchdowns. He really struggled late in that ball game. Chase Brown, 33 carries for 136 yards. He really struggled late as well. And Isaiah Williams for the uh, uh, line night, five catches, 98 yards and two touchdowns. Lakina, I did watch most of this game via my television on Saturday. Illinois got out to that hot start with scoring the first touchdown on the game, but they trailed only for the second time. Uh, at halftime, of course, the only all the other time they trailed at halftime was their loss to Indiana. So Illinois is 0-2 on the year when trailing at halftime. Late in that ball game, Lakina, Michigan State's defense came to play. They had a couple big sacks, and Illinois' offense just couldn't get going. Also, they had a couple big turnovers as well. Yeah, you just said it, and I think yeah, I thought we were going in order here, but I guess we're going a little bit out of order. But starting with Illinois, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, look, it's one of those things where look, I warned you guys. I said, look, you know, this could be a track game for Illinois, and it was mm-hmm. just that at me. Their defense, yes, Sidney Brown, not not this Sidney Brown, but others. You know, Chase's <laughs> uh, twin brother Sidney had a uh, had an interception, but you know, the Michigan State was able to you kind of like run through the Illinois uh, defense and. Look, it's sort of one of those days where I think Mel Tucker kind of exposed some of uh, mm-hmm. the uh, shortcomings from Illinois. So, look, they're still in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West, but they've got a, a tough one against Purdue, and they got another another tough one against Michigan. So, mm-hmm. the, the Big Ten West is not theirs yet. So, I, I think you know what? Look, they can still they still they still control their own destiny, but it's going to be hard. Yeah, especially with those three, uh, uh, those two opponents you mentioned coming up. You have to Purdue. I believe that game is in Champaign on Saturday. Uh, I forgot what the start time for that one was. But you have Purdue on Saturday, and then next Saturday you're at the Big House against Michigan. I hope that game is on prime time. And then, of course, you wrap up on Thanksgiving weekend at Northwestern. So, like you said, the Big Ten West is still to be had for Illinois. I'm not jumping off that bandwagon just yet. I know they came out of nowhere with their record. Congrats to head coach Brett Bill on the great job so far this year, despite the loss on Saturday. But they got to get back on track with another tough game against Purdue. But I'm still confident in that. I'm not going to jump off that bandwagon just yet. I'm not, I'm not, I look, I'm not, I wasn't on the bandwagon or I would jump off and look, they had a nice showing, but I, I doubt, look, that that loss, you know, kill any chances of Illinois and Michigan, you know, hosting a game day. That, that's not happening, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, going into Tennessee and uh, uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia opposing their will uh, early and off. And even though they did have, they did give up a field goal early on, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia's uh, defense that uh, kind of did 
uh, the volunteers in and um, you know, Sesson Bennett had two touchdown passes for Georgia. Mm-hmm. It was also uh, a couple of you know turnovers and such. You know, they had a uh, they had an interception. You know, Hinton Hooker just couldn't get it going on offense. They did they did make it interesting late, but they just couldn't make the big plays that they could. So that's how uh, Tennessee. I don't know how they were number one in the playoffs, but you know, <laughs> I think they just wanted to kind of pad that stat a little bit. But you know, it, 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 it it's fine. But yeah, your Georgia, you sent a message saying that hey. We're the number one uh, team in uh, in the playoffs, and that yeah. will be too when it comes out tomorrow. Yeah, I turned that game off midway through the second quarter. I did turn back to it late, but uh, Tennessee did not show up. I told you Hooker, their quarterback for the Volunteers, he needed not to make any mistakes. He made some early, and Georgia capitalized on him. I thought this would have been a 34-point win, but don't let that final score fool you. Georgia dominated Tennessee uh, from uh, the opening kickoff. After that, Tennessee scored that field goal. Georgia took the game over from there. Let's go back to Big Ten action. Let's head over to Northwestern. Uh, they hung in there for a minute. Uh, actually, the game was tied at seven at halftime, but Ohio State scored 14 unanswered points in the second half to come out of there with a 21 to 7 win. For our Northwestern, Mr. Evan Hall ran the ball 30 times for 122 yards in a touchdown. Marvin Harrison Jr. for Ohio State had five catches for 51 yards. Lakina, I did turn to this game for a couple minutes. Uh, call me crazy, but I thought that Ohio State was going through the motions. Yeah, this is one of those instances where I think they were playing down to their competition. I know Trey exactly. Had, mm-hmm. I think Trey, I know Trayvon Harrison didn't play, but you really didn't need him. And look, it was sort of like you know you could tell they were kind of dragging along. I mean, it's Northwestern; they're one and you know, they're one and eight now. They're one and seven, so you you can kind of tell that you know that they they were sort of you know trying to not to expend too much energy. They were able to kick it in, and then you know, look, they had look, they were they out Northwestern outgave Ohio State at one point for most of that game, but you know, yeah. CJ, CJ Stroud uh, kicked it into gear and uh, woke up, and look, it was just one of those things where for the first time you know, in his career, uh, had a run that lasted for twenty straight. Uh, you know, he did not have a, a touchdown uh, pass. I'm talking about uh, CJ Stroud, so that actually snapped the streak. But again, they really didn't need him to do too much of anything. You know, look, the, the, you know, the running back, you know, took care of it. Maya Wills, you know, took yeah. care of that too. You know, they, they scored a touch, the go ahead touchdown that kind of, you know, put it away for them. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, okay, it wasn't their best game, but this isn't the BCS anymore. So you don't have to worry about style or style points or anything like that. Exactly. So Ohio State improves their record to 9 and 0, 6 and 0 in the Big Ten. Uh, our girl, Christine the Queen Manica, will be happy about this result. Notre Dame shocks the world, beating number four Clemson 35 to 14. Notre Dame scores uh, one of their touchdowns with a block punt, and they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to pull away from Clemson. Uh, Mr. Diggs for Notre Dame, Mr. Logan Diggs ran the ball 17 times for 114 yards. And for Clemson, Davis Allen, there's stud tight end, seven catches for 60 yards. I mean, look, I I looked at a game. I'm like, huh? Like, where's the effort from Northwest? I mean, from Clemson. And it was just <laughs> one of those things where you're like, DJ Ogolonia, you wonder, is he the, really the answer? I know they got Kate. Yeah, I know they had Kate Kubinick in there, but that that really didn't mean anything. And he, yeah. threw, an, yeah, he threw one pass. It was an interception, but he probably should have been there earlier. So you wonder, Clemson fans are also wondering that is there a, a quarterback controversy for them? I, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, okay, you get a nice win for uh, Marcus Freeman. Okay, but something's going on over there at Clemson. Is it because they don't have the players? Like a lot of their assistants are gone. I I don't know, but you know, it, it it's it's it is what it is, I guess. But that that was definitely a shocker. 
Another shocker came to us from the state of Louisiana. Number 10, LSU, the Tigers pull off an upset over number six, Alabama, defeating the Crimson Tide 32 to 31 in overtime by converting on a two point conversion. That was a gutsy call by head coach Brian Kelly. Bryce Young for Alabama, 328 yards passing and a touchdown. Mr. Jameer Gibbs for Alabama ran the ball 15 times for 99 yards. And Ja'Cory Brooks. For the Crimson Tide, seven catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Lakina, I had a chance to watch uh, the majority of this game. Alabama, they couldn't get it going to uh, late third quarter, early fourth quarter in terms of the scoring. They only had six points in the first half. They picked it up in the fourth quarter. But LSU, I told you, they had to bring it defensively, not committing any dumb penalties. They pretty much played to a near-perfect game up until uh, up until the fourth quarter when Alabama decided to, to play offense. But uh, it it was a, a gutsy win for LSU. Give Brian Kelly credit. They had their home fans behind them, and uh, they earned this victory. Can you can we finally write Alabama off as far as participating in the college football playoff? We shall see. But if it is, this was a, net, a, de a death nail in the coffin as far as their national title hopes. Yeah, Mason Taylor scored that touchdown and that two point conversion. That they you know he's probably the big you know of course you know, the son of Jason Taylor and also to uh, soon to be Hall of Famer hopefully Zach Thomas. Um, look, I mean, look, LSU stayed with Alabama when, you know, they, you know, it was sort of like a punch in the mouth, you know, LSU, you know, struck, you know, struck first, but then Alabama came back. You thought that Alabama was going to, you know, get it going. And once they kind of had that lead, but then LSU was able to come back. Gutsy call by Brian Kelly to go for the two. I, I thought, mm. but yeah, you know, it, it worked. So, and now, uh, Mason Taylor doesn't have to uh, buy anything for a while. So you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of one of those things where, yeah, I mean, this isn't, yeah, there's a lot of talent in this Alabama squad, but it's not up there with like from the last like few years or something like that. So there's no really no surprising that there's no surprise that they were able to, you know, that LSU was able to pull off the upset. And I'm sure this will probably be the, 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 the done, done for with the, uh, the Bama going to the playoff talk. Couple of teams approved to nine and oh, number five, Michigan takes care of Rutgers 52 to 17. TCU uh, gets by Texas Tech by 10, 34 to 24. Yeah, TCU uh, set up that matchup against Texas on Saturday. That should be a fun one. Uh, Michigan, I know they were, I know they were tied with Rutgers at halftime. I think, I know, I think they were trailing Rutgers at halftime, but they can't get secure the second half like, as they usually do. They have not given up a mm -hmm. point in all their games this year. The fourth, or the second half, I should say. So a nice showing there. Uh, Oregon. Did what you're supposed to do against Colorado, 49-10. USC mm -hmm. uh, hung on against Cal. UCLA also hung on against Arizona State. Texas, of course, uh, pull off the somewhat the mild upset. But yeah, I mean, look, Texas, they're they're kind of like sort of sneaking in in that uh, Big Twelve uh, standings now. I don't know if they'll be a playoff contender, but you know they'll, they'll you know it's, it sets up well for, uh, for them against that the battle against TCU on Saturday. Uh, Utah uh, holds off Arizona. Penn State <laughs> uh, hammers uh, Indiana, 45-14. North Carolina uh, edges out Virginia and uh, Kansas becomes bowl eligible for the first time in a while. I think since 08, uh, 128 different programs have played at least one bowl game since then. So <laughs> uh, Lance Leopold, you know, leading the way there uh, for, uh, for Kansas. So while uh, going back to a bowl, to a bowl game and they can actually go to a good bowl game too. If they keep winning. Yeah, speaking of going back to Texas for a minute, Lakina, I forgot about them after they lost that close one to Alabama early in the season. But nice yep. job by them for turning their season around. Now they're six and three. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, like I said it says that that meeting with TCU on Saturday. So 
that could be for the Big Twelve. We'll we'll see because they they only have one. I know TCU is a but they only have one loss in the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve uh, so far in conferences. Here I'm talking about uh, Texas. So we just mm-hmm. see what happens there. Uh, K, KU uh, takes care of OK State. Uh, Tulane, they're they're you know they're keeping their season going. Uh, 27-13 over Tulsa. Uh, that that game against us uh, for Syracuse against Clemson that seemed like a lifetime ago because they've lost three two straight since. Yeah, of course. Yep. Losing to uh, losing to uh, the Pittsburgh nineteen nine. So uh, yeah, that that nice fortune that they had. I know our buddy uh, Dave Kerner who from WBBM uh, News Radio seventy. We got to get him back on the show. He's not very happy. I'm sure other Syracuse uh, alums like our, our buddy Jordan Burnfield from WGA Radio. They're not very mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> with, with, with uh, the fortune uh, that's turned for uh, Syracuse, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, speaking of another uh, alum, uh, Kentucky defeated Missouri 21-17. Of course, our guy Mike Berman from NBC5, who's now cover- he covers the Bears during the football season, NBC5 Sports Chicago. Uh, that program has uh, fallen on hard times throughout the last few weeks. Uh, Kentucky, uh, they're not going to get into the college football playoff. They may still get a decent ball game there, six and three, three and three in SEC play, and. Kentucky, I know we were talking about them early in the season as far as them being one of the surprise teams. I know they took a, uh, some bumps there in the middle part of the season. It looks like they're starting to get it together here late. Yeah, it looks like they may have, like I said, they might get finished strong and perhaps maybe go to a really good bowl game. Wake Forest and uh, NC State. NC State gets the best of them, 30-21. to 21. It was really the defense that kind of you know, led the, you know, sort of like the offense, but it was a defense too. Uh, NC State's defense uh, intercepted Sam Hartman uh, three times. So I think what mm-hmm. I believe one of them was a pick six, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, uh, NC State gets, uh, is still trying to hang on in the, the coastal division. So, because luckily for Clemson, you know, that, that loss against Notre Dame doesn't count to the ACC since Notre Dame is independent. But, you know, if you're NC State, you still kind of have an outside shot against the ACC championship game. Yep. Uh, going back to the Big Ten, I did watch some of this game, even though it was raining like crazy here in Chicago. Uh, my Minnesota Golden Gophers, P.J. Flett and Tanner Morgan, yay! They came back from an early 10-0 deficit to defeat Nebraska 20-13. Uh, Mr. 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 Jackson, uh, Daniel Jackson, that Daniel is, from Jackson. Minnesota. Mr. Jackson, you nasty. <laughs> Janet Jackson reference. All right, kids, just sit, line up. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Daniel Jackson from Minnesota, he had five catches for 88 yards. Uh, Mr. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim had 32 carries for 128 yards and two touchdowns. Lakina, I forgot the statistic, but uh, the, uh, the last few times that Minnesota trailed about 10 points or more, they lost. They ended yep. that trend uh, last Saturday. So a big win for the Golden Gophers. It pulled them to 3-3 three and three overall in Big Ten play, 6-3 and three overall. Yeah, uh, they still got an outside shot of winning the West, but they got to hope that Illinois goes to the complete free for all. So that's still there's still a chance. <laughs> there's still a shot. So if you're yeah. if you're in Minnesota, you gotta you know, hope you know, keep winning your games and hope that that the Illini loses a couple of their games at some point. So you still got an outside shot to win that Big Ten uh, West. So probably their best show, I think, the last few weeks. I'm talking about Minnesota. Now speaking mm-hmm. of Purdue, they they lose to Iowa, 24 to three. So. They can't afford to have no more loss. I'm talking about Purdue. If they want to have that shot, and perhaps maybe knocking Illinois out off of the uh, the Big Ten West. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that with that coming up. Wisconsin, they also do have an outside shot. Uh, they beat Maryland 22-10. Uh, UCF, number 23, 25, 25, I should say UCF, avoids let down uh, – you know, beating Memphis, you know, in a close one. I watched a little bit of this game. It was a close one here, but uh, yeah, a nice showing 
by UCF. You know, they they still got the whole national championship thing. So it's it's a a little nutty. Uh, one probably one of the crazier finishes here. UTSA beat UAB 44-38 double overtime. That was a, a crazy game. If you guys watched that one. <laughs> Uh, another crazy one staying in the uh, in the American uh 76-63 uh SMU beats Houston. No, that's not no basketball season has not does not start till tonight, folks. You know, these are new or not, you know, but uh <laughs> one thing I see y'all thinking about Eric Dickerson in that 30 for 30 documentary back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tanner Morkeel, I should say, had uh 379 yards and nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns for him. That is, uh, that, that, that uh, 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 he had also had a rushing touchdown as well. He has seven and a rush, mm-hmm. seven passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown at halftime. He joins Lamar Jackson, who did it back in you know, 2016 against Charlotte as the only FBS players to record such a thing. It's actually, of course, the highest score regular season game in FBS history. So, uh, so if you're not a, if you uh, you weren't a big fan of this game, you like defense. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the opposite, let's go to the Big Twelve and office uh, reigns supreme as Baylor uh, outlast Oklahoma thirty-eight to thirty-five. Baylor now four and two in Big Twelve play at, at the rebounder for after a tough start to the season. Oklahoma still going through it. They're five and four, two and four in Big Twelve play. Uh, Mr. Craig Williams had a uh, uh, had a day for himself for Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the running back had twenty-five carries for one hundred ninety-two yards and two big touchdowns yeah Baylor still has a shot in the uh big 12 so it, it ain't you know if you're if you're a Baylor if you're a Baylor fan you gotta be feeling pretty good about your chance of perhaps maybe still probably perhaps maybe sticking into the big 12 championship again so we'll see mm-hmm. what happens there uh Florida State uh I didn't even bother watching this game so I want to keep it short and sweet with this one 45-3 over Miami yeah it went to like 21-3 I, I was that. like <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, with the twenty one three, I was like, uh, whatever. But you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Just SEC brutal. play, yeah. Excuse me. In SEC play, we had Mississippi State. The Bulldogs take care of uh, Auburn. 39-33, of course, Auburn Fire Deck head coach last week. But it, it didn't matter. Mississippi State takes care of business. They're now 3-3 three and three in SEC play, 6-3 and three overall. Mr. Will Rogers had himself a big game for the Bulldogs, 42-59, 357 yards and three touchdown passes. And Mr. Rara Thomas had six catches and 84 yards and two big touchdowns for Mississippi State. Yeah, that was actually a pretty entertaining game too. I watched a little bit of the ending of that. You know, they you know, Auburn had their chances to put that, you know, try to win that game, but you know, they they lost a shot. And of course, uh, I think it was a rushing touchdown that uh, that ended that game for for Mississippi State. So a nice uh, come bounce back win for them. Of course, South Carolina beats uh, Vandy 38-27. and I believe they're bull eligible. Yes, they are. They're six and three. So a Shane Bieber mm-hmm. got his guys playing pretty well and they're at 63 so they may they actually have a shot of actually going to a good bowl game this year yeah we'll see what happens uh, they can f- have a strong uh, strong finish t- uh, to the season as you, you mentioned mississippi state the, those they're one of the teams that is that is overlooked especially now being the sec you have alabama tennessee georgia and, and the rest of the conference can go and play but nice job by the bulldogs uh, being more than competitive but you, like you said they can still Go to a, a, a strong ball game with a great finish to the regular season. And also, too, with uh, LSU's now in the driver's seat in that big in SEC East, I should say, too, because mm. they've beaten both Ole Miss and Alabama. So they're, yeah. they're, in the drivers, they're in the driver's seat in that division. So we'll see what happens there. 
And uh, that's about it. I mean, really nothing, you know, no other uh, games on note here. So you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, Lakina McGee and uh, Sydney Brown with you here now. Sid, it's that time. Old School <laughs> TV Monday. What is the show this week? Let's go to suburban Chicago. La la di, la la da. Life goes on. Life goes on. Pardon me for my bad singing. Remember that show, Lakita? Life goes Very on. Well. Oh yeah, I love Life Goes On. That was one of my yeah. one of my favorites. All right, it was an American television series that aired on ABC from September 12, nineteen eighty nine, to May twenty third, nineteen ninety three. The show centered around the on the Thatcher family living in suburban Chicago. Drew, his life, Libby, and their children, Paige, Rebecca, mm-hmm. and Charles, who was known as Corky. Corky. Life Goes On was the first television series to have a major character with Down Syndrome. Corky was played by actor Chris Burke, who has Down Syndrome in real life. They dealt with family issues, teen uh, issues, and overall uh, life issues. The drama, which did center around the Thatcher family, uh, it, it was... Uh, it was also centered around their daughter, Becca, which was played by Kelly Martin, who went on to have a great acting career. She did well at school, but she was socially awkward. The Tony Award-winning stage actress, Patti LuPone, played their mother, Elizabeth, a.k.a. Libby, and Ben Sorinovich played their father, Drew. The eldest sister, Paige Thatcher, was played by Monique Lanier uh, during the 1989-90 seasons and by Tracy Neiman during the 19, between 1990 and 1993 seasons as Lanier left the series to have a have a child. Becca's boyfriend and uh, Corky's buddy, Tyler Benchfield, was played by Tommy Puet and Jerry Bergson, Ray uh, uh, Butinia, was Libby's quirky boss. In the last two seasons, Becca's boyfriend, Jesse McKenna, was played by Chad Lowe. Had a big crush, and I'm not afraid, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I had a big crush on Christopher Burke. I didn't, you know, I thought he was adorable and, and cute. I mean, the fact, yeah, the fact that he had Down syndrome, it didn't bother me because, mm-hmm. look, I thought he was adorable too, and I believe he married a young lady who also had Down syndrome in real life, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, Andrea, yeah, Andrea, uh, Ray, Ad- Andrea Frey Freeman. That was her name. I got, you know, her name was Amanda. They ended up getting married. I think she ended up having a great uh, television career herself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so you know, it was a, a cute story. You know, see, you know, seeing that, you know, because you didn't, you didn't see that much on on uh, network television, especially in a weekly series. So that was that was uh, really cool to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Monique Lanier, and they she left. I think, like you said, after you know, she had a baby. Tracy Eden was my favorite page. I really liked her. Yeah. So they really they really didn't show it too much in the last couple of seasons. They kind of started the series around uh Becca, you know, you know, Kelly, Kelly Martin, Martin's yeah. Becca. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Jesse McKenna, who had AIDS. That was a rare occurrence in weekly te- weekly television. You yeah. didn't really hear too much about it back in the day. They were actually some shows were actually avoid talking about it. They could mm-hmm. this you head on head on. And some people felt they kind of jumped the shark because you know, all the stories kind of like went went towards them and their romance. And you know, and such. You know, there was, some, there was. I think, I think Becca. Look, it's been a, it's been a few years since I, I watched this series because I, I, I kind of tuned out after those last couple of seasons because yeah. of that reasoning. But I, I, I believe he, I believe uh, Chad's character died in the last couple. Of, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure because, like I said, it's been a while. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's what happened there. But I, look, I love the parents. You know, Bill and you know Patty, of course. You know, Tony Award winning mm-hmm. uh, actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she, I think she ended up going back to Broadway too after the series uh, ended, I believe. And also built it as well. But uh, yeah, it was one of those uh, shows that kind of, you know, it, it it wasn't afraid to go there when it came to issues. It, came, it talked about AIDS. It talked about drinking, drugs, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, they did racism at, and, and also anti-Semitism at, 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 at points. But yeah, I mean, it was a, a really good show. And I, and, I, and I think I remember one of the writers said that, you know, they actually had to make sure that because ABC was very meticulous in their scripts. <laughs> I remember yes. them. I remember them uh, saying, especially when it came to you know Chad's character and, and the A's and such, they were actually very like carefully how they presented it. So, but it actually ended up being a really good show. And uh, yeah, I think look, I watched it every week for as long as I could. And uh, yeah, it, it, it very underrated series, I, I believe. Yeah, a couple of notes here. Each episode, uh, it was set in the suburbs of Chicago, Glenbrook in Northbrook, to to be exact. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Glenbrook, uh, Illinois. Uh, each episode's opening credits ended up with a shot of Arnold, the family dog. I remember he was put in the cast too yes. as Arnold, the semi-wonder yes. dog. Apparently yes. forgotten by the family <laughs> in, in their rush to get ready for the day. Mm-hmm. He sits in the kitchen with his Nobody empty food him. bowl. In his mouth, yep, open, opens his, in his mouth, lets so it drop to the floor. Uh, the show's producers received a constant trickle of letters each week from viewers who thought this was cruel. So, in the final episode's opening credits, the bag of dolphins spills out nearby, uh, out by a nearby cabin. <laughs> yeah, that was actually pretty cute the way they did that in the end because, uh, yeah, because there were a lot of folks, I'm oh, well, y'all forgot to feed the dog. I mean, it was just yep. so. How rude, especially you know, to try doing that now. You know, for a lot of dog lovers and pet lovers out there, with yeah, the they're more outspoken now than, than ever before. And in the in the later seasons, the fourth season's first episode, which in uh, in which a forty-something Becca Pamela Bellwood tours the house she grew up in while mm-hmm. remembering the events of the last twenty-five years, establishes that Jesse would eventually die from AIDS and that Becca yeah. would move on and marry a man named David. The series itself yeah. ended ambiguously. But on on an upbeat note, showing Becca five years yes, later married with a son named Jesse in a final episode, yes. Corgi was set to graduate from high school, but did not because the school board did not waive the math requirement. Interesting. Yeah, how rude! Yeah, like no, like yeah, I said, I stopped rude. watching it by then. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's something about right about what happened there. Yeah, they they did actually, you know, they did the whole like flash forward and such. But you know, of course, you know, of course, he did he didn't die on the show. But I think yeah, as mm-hmm. as such, because season went on. Uh, Jesse's, uh, you know, did die, and I think you know Tommy, you know Pruitt, who, who, uh, Tyler, who, who liked Becca, but he, you know, she chose uh, Jesse, and he ended up leaving, and and such. So, you know, he was written out, unfortunately. But uh, it'll be, I mean, it was one of those shows that I think you know really kind of was well ahead of its time. Yeah, and you know, like, like I said, they they dealt with you know various issues and such, and you know, very. You know, it was it, it has funny moments you know it had you know but it has very heartwarming mo- moments as well so you know look it's not I don't, I don't, I don't think it's stream I don't think I think it's streaming like on Pluto TV I, I'm not I might be mistaken about that but I don't mm. think it's streaming any, anywhere but you know it was again it was one of those shows that I I, I felt like should have gotten more of its due I feel like yeah like you said uh, um uh, Corky, the character, as well as in real life, he was uh, the actor. Chris Berg was very active in the community, still is to this mm-hmm. day. About yeah. Down syndrome, he was he was one of those characters with the disability that was treated with respect. The other person uh, that was uh, that had that played the character, I think she, she had it was actually cerebral palsy. Remember cousin Jerry from Jerry, uh, Facts yeah. of Life the decade before, cool. and that was, yep, uh, you remember cool. at, definitely at that time, uh, people with disabilities you knew about them, but they weren't shown on prime time TV with respect like that. Yeah, and it, it actually, unfortunately, they didn't they didn't treat her very well either in the end because I remember she said in interviews that uh, once they didn't get the Emmy when when she appeared in those episodes, they wrote mm-hmm. the character out. Remember in those last those last few years in the later years, you didn't see Jerry that much. That was that's why, true. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I for uh, in this case, you know, Corky was still very prominent. He was still driving stories. So 
Mm-hmm. The difference a decade makes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and our times have changed as well. So we salute the ABC TV series. Life goes on. Lakina, close us out. On that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Square McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A 0. That's S I D K I D A 0. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. And make sure you follow Warm Media on all social media platforms as well Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And please subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. We are available on all, we are available on all podcast platforms, including the, our iHeartRadio app. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And catch What's Up Cuts tonight with our guys, Jason Palmer and Coach Lancey Irving. They'll have Billy Moore, who, who's the, who was the guy that murdered uh, Simeon basketball star Benji Wilson back in 1984. They'll have an in-depth interview with him tonight. If, uh, if Billy Moore rings the bell to you, remember that ESPN 30 for 30 they did on mm-hmm. Benji a decade ago. He was in that documentary as well. So I'm sure they're going to ask him questions about how did he get in that documentary and, and what was the process going on behind that and what's uh, Mr. Moore doing now. So catch that interview tonight at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. Well, yeah, he was only 14 at the time. So he only ended up serving until he was like 21. So he was, you know, got out of jail. But, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll catch up what he's going on today. And, and, and he has a new so- book out uh, until the lion speaks. Yeah, so uh, mm-hmm. you guys can check that out. What's up, cuz tonight? But also, don't forget you catch us, catch us, their show, and us anytime you want on Roku TV. Go on to you know, your your favorite uh app, your know, favorite uh Play Store, Google Play Store, Apple Play Store, whatever Play Store you got. Go on Roku at the Roku channel. You know, Roku! look up Sports Zone Chicago. You can catch, of course, our show. You know, what's up, cuz Sean and Maya? Excuse me, the Smoke Fellas. All other shows and, and such, you know, anytime you want. And also, don't forget, we also have, I can find the, the freaking flyer here. We'll be hosting a viewing party on November 20th for the Bears game against Atlanta. The doors will open at 11 o'clock. It'll be, on, it'll be at Output 1758 West Grand Avenue, not too far from the United Center. Uh, you go drink some ice cold Miller Lite. The doors will open at 11 a.m., you know, just in time for that game. So you can meet Sean, Maya, and the rest of the, of the crew. Um, I don't think I'll be there because that's a week before Thanksgiving. So I I got a lot to I gotta do. So, you know, I probably won't be there unfortunately. But uh, you know, you know, look, enjoy some uh, ice cold Miller Light beer on me on on us. Yes, yes, and hopefully we can watch, you know, watch a Bears victory over the Atlanta Falcons. Don't forget, you can get Second City Sports live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Old Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. All right, folks, enjoy the weather out there. If you haven't, if you haven't voted yet, vote. You know, it's very important. You know, you know if you haven't dropped out those ballots or if you're going to vote tomorrow, do it. Also, if you're going to walk. And do it early to... because it's going to be nice out, so the weather's yes, not an excuse. Yeah, so you can't use that as an excuse anymore, folks. You know, at least not here in here in Illinois. So make sure you guys get out there and vote. If you haven't voted already. If you're not gonna get vaccinated, wash your hands and just be good to each other. This has been Sexy Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Bulls! Holla! <laughs>